You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. On this week's episode of Two Guys Talking Wine, we're going to find out what made Michael Pincus say this. I'm not doing it. I don't care what you do. I'm not doing it. That and much more when we talk about the California Wine Fair. I feel there should be some kind of music now. I mean, that was a pretty big introduction. We don't usually do big introductions. Like, like some game show music of some sort. You know, one of the highlights about the California Wine Fair this year was you did something that I'm guilty of way too often. My pants stayed on the whole time. Uh, but they almost came off. Oh. Uh, I, I fanboy out. I fanboy out about wines. I fanboy out about wineries. Anyone who's listened to this podcast can probably guess with a fair amount of certainty, certainty which wineries are my favorite, which, which places I love. But you were like, you were completely fangirled out at one of our interviews. On yeah. You, well, you dropped trow at one and I... <laughs> I, I love how when we got the we got the list of wineries, we both sort of were like, okay, well, you're gonna fanboy out about this, so I'm gonna fanboy out about this one. Yeah, I know. So who are we gonna start with? Because you are the keeper of the records. That's right. I am the keeper of records. Uh, an, another repeat guest for us, uh, but I'm also a repeat guest at this winery, um, Ridge Vineyards. Yeah, it's Ridge Vineyards. It's always tough to remember whether it's Ridge Estates or... or no, I don't think it's Ridge, Ridge Vineyards. Vineyards. I think it's just called Ridge, though, isn't it? Everybody knows it as Ridge. Yeah, uh, but they have the two facilities. There's Montebello and Lytton Springs. I've been to Lytton Springs Winery twice. Got a chance to go back there last year, but I thought we'd sit down with... Uh, I think we can call him a friend of the podcast. I hope so. If you've been uh, on twice, that makes you a friend. Uh, Dan Buckler about uh, what's new at Ridge. I'm Dan Buckler from Ridge Vineyards. Where? Ridge Vineyards. Project more. No, you didn't. No, <laughs> you... <laughs> uh, I was excited. Ridge Vineyards. There you go. That's I was great. excited to see Dan was coming to the California Wine Fair again. Yeah. Because there's sometimes you skip a couple years in between coming to Toronto to the point where I've actually just started visiting the winery in California. You're on such a, a super fan. In fact, you wore the shirt. I know. Well, this we... is like meeting Danko Jones for you and wearing a Danko <laughs> Jones shirt. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, we've, we've talked about how uh, branding and labels are really important to me, and I am completely unashamed in admitting that Ridge has the best labels in the wine industry. This is for the 62. The, yeah. the original you cab. You brought yeah. the 62 with you? No, I'm afraid I didn't. Yeah, I left it in the cellar. Thanks a lot, Andre. I thought that <laughs> would help uh, get us the 62, but not. So I've uh, never tasted it. On the, really? Yeah, 62. Never had it. So what's the oldest vintage you've tasted? Uh, the oldest cat, oh, the oldest Montebello is 64. Okay, and you've tasted the 64? I have. Recently? Yeah. Uh, about two summers ago, or last summer, actually. And how is it holding on? Uh, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's surprising. It's really soft. It almost takes on like a like a Pinot Noir quality because it's just so easy drinking at that point. Okay, you mean like a California Pinot Noir? No, no, I mean like a... No, well, I could see a, like an old like world Pinot. Like an old world Pinot. Yeah. It softens okay. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see it that. doesn't have that sort of forest floor as much, but the texture in your in your mouth yep. is more Pinot-esque. Huh. The, ca- the, the tannins have fallen out, but it still holds together as a Cabernet. It's interesting. So what's new at the winery? What's new at the winery? Well, uh, 2018 was our biggest harvest ever. That's new. Okay, that After uh, five straight years of drought from 12 through 16, we got a little rain in 17, and then it really culminated after, you know, the vines take about 24 months to recover. Yep. Uh, and the 18 harvest was huge for us. A really high quality and a big, big harvest. We're excited about that. 
Cool. More, wine, more wine to the market. And after five years of drought, like I know it's sort of a mixed blessing that with drought, you get a lot less fruit, but generally higher quality, but it puts a lot of stress on the vineyards. And I know when I visited in the summer of 2015, holy smoke, it's been a while, the, uh, the vines were already really showing the stress. Like the yeah. clusters were really, really loose clusters. Andre's getting older. <laughs> uh, was there any sort of damage to the vineyards? I know you have a lot no, of really great old vines. And it's, the primary thing is it just takes so long for the vines to recover, um, you know, usually two vintages. So even if you get a bunch of rain immediately following, as we did sort of at 17, we thought we'd get a bounce-back crop, but the, the vines just really need to store carbohydrates for a full two years to get back to strength. So rain, so after, rain after drought is just like uh, a big pass a meal it's for a runner the start. before the... Yeah, they're, the not, they're not keto vines is what we found out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so we brought a, a couple of wines that we stole from your table. Um, Still, of, steal is a bad word. We borrowed. Okay, we slipped them out the back door. And we will <laughs> probably not return them. I, uh, I, I generously brought them along to share. How's that? Okay, that sounds better. Yeah. The whole bottle, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> We have a quiet chant starting in the corner of this room to leave the bottles behind. Yeah, exactly. Some of the behind-the-scenes yeah. staff. <laughs> um, you know what? Ridge, the, first, the, the first wine that you, you brought for us is, is another reason I love Ridge is, I mean, obviously the flagship for your winery is the Montebello Cab Sauv, which comes for about $180 in Ontario. And uh, my wife has had to stop me from buying that wine a few times, not because we don't love it, but because <laughs> we can't afford it. <laughs> Apparently, $120 is the new threshold per one of our last podcasts. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> Not quite up to $180 yet. It's uh, just a matter it, of moments. But it's a cool thing about, about going down to the winery and visiting the winery is you don't need to be wealthy to visit Ridge. Like, the Montebello is, oh. is uh, an important part of the, the winery. But the thing I love is that you guys treat Zinfandel, or your, your field blend, with the same sort of respect and dignity that you treat your flagship wines. And you've got for us the 2016 Lytton Springs. No, and in fact, I think if anything, I think the Lytton Springs and the Geyserville, both century-old uh, field blend vineyards, are flagships in their own right. I think we have sort of a, a three-legged stool of flagship wines with Montebello, Lytton Springs, and Geyserville. Uh, this vineyard goes back to 1901. It's been uh, part of our production since 1972. Uh, it's on the right on the kind of the eastern edge of Dry Creek Valley, um, kind of a, of a clay loam soil, a lot of Zinfandel in the vineyard, a lot of Petite Syrah that really thrives in that clay, and, and what, uh, some Carignan and Mataro. So were they all planted at the same time? The original patch of the vineyard, yes. They're all, there are about 20 different grapes that are planted and that are picked at average ripeness and co-fermented. Okay, so we got, uh, we got some Zin, we got some Petite Syrah, we got Carignan, Mataro, obviously Mouvedre, um, the same grape if anybody didn't know that. Um, just this is really smooth, silky, but the, gorgeous. The, the best part about it is the acid the backbone. Oh, yeah. The acid backbone is just like um, this. Almost feels like Syrah. Yeah, and uh, this is a wine that if you're patient, your patience will be rewarded. You can put this in a cellar for ten years, <laughs> and it'll be evolved and have a really great appeal over time. It has, like you're saying, the acidity, the structure. The, the, the tannins, everything's there. It's in balance. I brought a Lytton Springs uh, when we were in Saguenay one year. Yep. We had that. Fantastic wine. I mean, the other thing is if you don't have patience and you're someone like me, um, the tannin is very approachable and soft to this right from the onset. Yes, you opened this bottle today, obviously. Uh, I opened this just before I came to the table. So. Yeah, yes. and, and it's not it's not grippy. It's not, I mean, it's got a bit of grip to it, but it's not making my mouth fuzzy. Like, you're getting all the flavor. There's a really great 
like eucalyptus note right off the off the hop there, but it morphs to just really dark fruit. No, I love that. I love that plum note. There, it's definitely, it's definitely Zinfandel though. I can, mm -hmm. I, as a huge Zin fan, I would have picked that out as a Zin. I wouldn't have picked it out as a, <clears throat> as a field blend per se. But sure. That's that's really. I think right out of gate, out of the gate, this wine has been has been showing really well. It's it's really presenting itself um, very lusciously, and yeah. the, the red fruit just shines in this wine. Matt, luscious is a word that uh, Christina Roman reintroduced to my vocabulary, and I just I love using it to describe wines, especially when it comes to really uh, really well made Californian wines. Uh, it's fourteen point four percent alcohol, but it's not uh, it's not over the top there. That's really. Yeah, and this well, is an honest fourteen four. We're, we're you know we're not uh, we're not fudging it at all. You can you can fudge a bit in California, but we're one percent right either way. Yeah, yeah. but we're, we could pull, we could call this fourteen if we liked. But it's fourteen four. Why not? To be honest. So now you've you've pulled out another bottle here for us. It's a sixteen. Is this just straight on estate cab? Yes, but it's a uh, it's a it's a Bordeaux blend, Bordeaux style blend. So seventy seven percent Cabernet, nineteen percent Merlot, two percent Petit Verdot, and two percent Cabernet Franc. So this is wow. really a kind of a classy Bordeaux blend. Is our what we affectionately refer to as the baby Montebello from this vineyard. Okay, and, and the uh, uh, age of the vines in this one? Uh, they they vary all over the place. I mean, there's there's vines that are uh, ten years old. There's there's vines that go up to thirty years old. The age of the vines is slightly less important for this wine than the way that the vines present themselves. So when the when the grapes come in, if they're softer, and they have a character that's just a little bit less structured. It'll be tend to go to the, its estate. If it has more structure, then it'll be selected for the Montebello bottling. Since we talked about Montebello, the Montebello, how old are the vines that go into that one? Um, again, it varies. Oh, it's still uh, varies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the oldest vines, there's some vines that go back to the 1940s, but there's, they're not pushing much fruit. Okay. The, 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 real, the real guts of what Montebello and the Cabernet are coming from are vines that are planted in the 80s and 90s. Okay. So they're both they're getting to be 20, 30-year-old vines now. Got it. And that's kind of when vines are hitting their Particularly hitting their prime, Cabernet. Right? Cabernet kind of hits... Cabernet will hit a wall and begin to get diseased, usually 20, 30 years. We've got really good uh, rootstock and, and vine stock, so our vines tend to hold on well. But there are, but they do slow down. But we don't mind it because the quality makes up for the lack of harvest. So Andre used to always, we'd get uh, California winemakers in, and he'd always talk about the drought. So I've been hearing a lot about disease pressure these days in California. Is, mm -hmm. is it true? Is there a lot of disease pressure going, leaf roll, things like that? Or is that not something that is... Really affecting. Um, there, those things do occur. Um, I think. I think that every vineyard and every winery has to face that to a degree. Um, it depends on. I think a lot of the, the, clonal the clones that people are choosing to plant in their vineyards. Um, for us, yes, we've had some issues with it, and if it becomes something that's sort of systemic, we'll um, begin looking at whether we're going to get rid of that part of the vineyard and plant something else. So for me, the cab sove is. Uh, when I went to California in May last year and decided to stay a couple of extra days, the only reason my wife let me do that was on the promise that I bring a bottle of this wine back to her. <laughs> so uh, fantastic! Thank you guys for making it and yeah, making it making it a, a affordable too. I mean, this is I believe at the winery fifty dollars a bottle. Yeah, I think it's uh, fifty five now. I think is our winery retail for this wine now. And at the LCBO, it usually retails for about eighty eighty five dollars, which is. I mean, it is a pretty penny, but I mean, for how it stacks up to the, the Montebello, like, I mean, the Montebello is definitely, a, it's a halo wine for me. One day I'm going to have a bottle of that. It's going to be in my cellar. I'm going to save it for the right occasion. But this one, I just don't feel terribly guilty about opening it up in its youth. And it still over delivers on, yeah. on for, especially when we're talking about California, where you can get 
you know, the sky's the limit for great Cabernet Sauvignon. $85 in the LCBO, 55 American at the winery. Are you really are a fanboy. Very boy. good. Huh? You really are a fanboy. Not a fanboy, but I mean, it's, I think it's more <laughs> to talk about price price and value. I mean, next, well, next to this, like, the Montebello is $180. You can get this th- is three of these for same one of those. vineyard, farm the same for a third of the price. See? But this wine, this wine isn't, isn't designed to be a wine that's going to age for 30 or 40 plus years. This is a wine to drink now or over the next 10 or 15 years. Um, I'd still like to see this in 20, 25 years. I, I, I actually agree yeah. with Michael, and I think you're. I agree too. I think you're selling it short. It's just you know you have a Ferrari, well, we a Ferrari people, park next to BMW, right? Right. Well, we also we want people to drink the wine, otherwise we can't sell anymore. Okay. So a, uh, so don't put it in your the cellar. Three, that's what the three it. valleys is for. I mean, you buy the three <laughs> valleys right. to drink it, or he had a really great rosé. Yeah. Uh, last summer, well, I can't remember. Springs is a, is a fine drinking wine right out of the gate too. I, it is. I, uh, it's another eighty dollar bottle in the LCBO though, right? Yeah. But all right. Well. Dan, thank you so much for giving us the time again. And Thanks if for you're coming here, back. Yeah, if you're here been. next year, we'll probably grab you again. I'm going to be back. Yeah, Andre's going to have a different vintage shirt, and he's Terrific. hoping you'll match uh, what he brings yeah, with. So. Uh, with yeah. I got I, I got to fanboy it up because yes, yeah. I mean it's iconic yeah. label, right? You got to bring him a hoodie, so a little ridge hoodie. So that's what he wants. If we, if we have some, I'll see what I can do. There you go. You came this close to kissing him and licking his face, but I also kept I kept my together. Way better than I did last year, if we go back and listen to the tape. I, I, well, yeah, I think so. But last year, my excitement was palpable because I knew I was going to the winery in a few weeks. And, you know, I was coming down off the high this year. I was there last year, although I was wearing my Ridge t-shirt. Yes, you were. So I, I think you should wear a t-shirt for our wineries every time we do something like that. I need more shirts. All right. So if you're a winery and you want to get interviewed, you got to send Andre a shirt. <laughs> I do love winery swag. I absolutely love winery winery swag. I'm, I'm sure at some point we should maybe break down who has the best winery swag in all of our travels. So when you're talking swag, you're talking about corkscrews and and drop stops. Yeah, but and... the, the stuff that I really love is I love really nice uh, wine carrying totes. I, you know what? I'm a so, big... something durable, like not just not just printed six bag holder, but if it's actually like really functional, I'm a big fan of oh, it. Oh, like a tote tote. All right, so yeah. I get that. Oh, I thought you meant like a bag. I uh, I get off on uh, on uh, pads, but nobody's ever given me a really good pen. I'm a I'm a geek for pens, like a total geek for pens. I've that's, never that's, had a good pen. I've got a good Piper Headsick pen that I yeah, really maybe. like. Uh, Chateau Tivain and Beaujolais gave me a great pen. Mm. Um, Is it plastic in a ballpoint? Yeah, but good plastic in a ballpoint. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. All right. Um, so who's our next? Is it the one I geek out at? Oh yeah, this this is. Listen, if you've never heard Michael like fan girl out before, like he was one step away from the Beatles on late night TV. Here. This has got to be about Zim, though. Yeah. So, and it's uh, Farah Felton Jolly of um, Clinker Brick. Clinker Brick, and uh, yeah, I I hope she does come back because she's supposed to come in September, and we're supposed to have a barbecue with her, get a, get some Zin, and she did promise to do a stump the, the chump. chump. Yeah, so really let's see if that, that actually is going to happen. Be interesting to get a California winemaker or winery principals take on some of these wines. When when, when the list of principals for the California Wine Fair came out, you and I both we did our first round draft picks. Yeah, mine was Ridge. Yep. Yours was Fair of Helton Jolly. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. And uh, I believe you did one of your obnoxious videos where you're screaming at the camera about one of these fine wines. I've actually done two. There's a third one on the way, which is the Marissa, I think. Yes. So, yeah. The agent is sitting there. 
the new oh, the new, new vintages oh, for you guys to taste later. Those are so good. Okay, I remember. Now I get the fanboy on Zin, right? You <laughs> well, fanboyed on Ridge. I'm gonna fanboy on Zin. I believe I believe we got a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon last yes. year oh. that I smuggled home in my. Yes. Wait. I'm just gonna have to scratch that out. Yep. There's a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon that may have magically ended up in my house after the, yes. the oh, California man. Wine Fair last year. My wife friggin' loved it. Yeah, that's good. That's really. She's, really a, good. she's a Cab Sauv hunter, and the problem with California Cab Sauv in Canada, anyways, is that it usually gets pretty pricey for the good stuff. Yeah. But I remember that bottle not being terribly expensive. Twenty four ninety five. Twenty four. Look at Paul giving us the old nod. Yeah. Look at us with memory. Anyways, let, let's let's get let's get some wine. Right, let's, let's get, get some going. wines in our glasses yeah, and catch got, up. We got a few here. So this New is an Al, Al is an Albarino. Albarino. Not Alvarino. No. So that's this, Portuguese. That's correct. We're so, going but for the same. Spanish. But, okay. So we're so, going for this, and you're going for like a. Vino Verde style, or is that not? Okay, yeah. she just said Spanish. Wait, so we're doing Spanish styling Spanish and spelling, style. but Spanish. Portuguese styling? No, more Albre or um, Spanish style. So with us, this is new. Uh, well, we've been producing it for five vintages. Um, we're the, one of the first wineries in Lodi to actually have it on the export market, which is great. Um, but it's beautiful because it has that acid of Spanish Albarino, but it has that fruit of California. We pick Ooh. it 19 bricks and then 21 and a half bricks, so we get that nice acid and uh, fruit. So it's beautiful. It's an unusual varietal, but it has that Sauvignon Blanc style. No oak, 100% um, stainless steel. Beautiful, bright, has a tropical nose to it. She said it was done at 19 bricks. I was just counting the bricks on the label to see if it matched. Oh, you're such a loser, <laughs> Michael. But it is nine. But I can I can see it by the the look of the Zin that I got. That's probably the bricks level that it was actually picked there at, which is okay, probably yeah, like 37. Okay, yeah, you just have to look at the old vines in for that. 45, 46. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, no, this is a really cool one. Uh, I really love the finish on it. Um, it's got like just a tiny bit of like citrus pith. Like yep. it's got like a very tiny bit of, of, of bitterness creeping in, but it's it's. On it's the cleaned up, yeah. It's cleaned up with that really nice acid. It's yeah. just a really well put together wine. Yeah, because well, you get it in your mouth, and it's got a lot, a lot of fruit, right? Correct. You're like, oh, this is going to be sweet, and then that finish kicks in. You're like, Ooh, wait a second. Exactly, and we're realizing in Lodi that Albarino does very well. It has a larger canopy. It um, doesn't burn as much as Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, or Pinot Grigio. It's just a beautiful wine, and we have that sandy loam soil that brings that minerality back into it. Yeah. So it's right a delicious. On beautiful white wine for us. Yeah, it, it is interesting to see um, the aromatic whites coming out of California. I'm, mm -hmm. a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Sauvignon Blanc from there, but I'm definitely going to have to add this to the list of wines to watch from, uh, I guess, from Lodi. I yeah. am not, but I do like this. <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc. I'm not a big fan of the Sauvignon Blanc coming out of there. Yeah. You seem to like them a way lot riper than I do. I like the but New Zealand But I do Zealand like the ripeness style. from it. Well, the thing is, New Zealand's so underripe. The thing about California is you get, you get the ripeness, but it's also, Sauvignon Blanc is an interesting grape because it does so well in so many different climates, and it really yep. does reflect terroir very well. Correct. Don't get me wrong, I love Chilean Sauvignon Blanc, which is generally a lot crisper, a lot cooler. Mm -hmm. I love it from Ontario. I was actually just writing about Derek Barnett's wines today, and that's one where the acids are just searing on the finish, but you still get that ripeness. Name dropping. Well, we gotta get. I got. I gotta yeah. make you uh, make you do your work because you do all the social media tagging on this uh, at Meldville Wines. Yeah. Uh, but like Sauvignon Blanc from California, I visited Robert Mondavi last year and just. Like, my mind was so blown at how the grapes retain their acidity but get phenolic ripeness. He's going to mention Robert Mondavi in every single interview we do this time. Hey, Michael, how many times have you been to California? Uh, once. Okay. Went to Monterey. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's nice. That's nice. They got the good acidity there. It's nice, cool mm -hmm. climate there. 
I loved going there and having them explain what cool climate is to me. That was like, that was the funniest thing. It's my favorite Ontario. thing about, about, about visiting California yeah. wineries in general is they pour the Pinot for you and they tell you, oh, it's very Burgundian in style. And no. it really isn't. No, it's mm -mm. not. But there's nothing wrong with the Californian style for people who love it. Yep. You got your own thing going on. Own it. Yeah. Do it. Just don't say it's Burgundy. Exactly. So, Vera, we didn't invite you. We didn't uh, welcome you back to Canada. Thanks for coming. Thank you. you know, yes, and now, now that we're done talking about other people's wines, you <laughs> yeah, should really focus <laughs> on, on what you're on Clinker Brick. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be back, and thanks, guys, for right. uh, inviting me back. So this is this is lovely. This is a, that's a summer summer bevy for mm -hmm. sure, and that's going to be in Ontario. It's already in the LCBO Vintages. Oh, right on. Twenty one ninety five. Twenty one ninety five. I'm buying a bottle of that this when weekend. When did it uh, When did it come through? All right. So, so the next, next one, one is Brick Mason. Correct. So this one is new to Ontario. It'll be released in October through uh, Vintages in um, Arriving in Style program. Um, are, are the people who do your uh, branding fans of The Simpsons by any chance? <laughs> no, uh, my husband, I guess, yeah. Okay, because the logo on this bottle looks an awful lot like the Stonecutters logo okay. from The Simpsons. Yeah, well, okay. my husband and I, when we were growing up, yeah, I guess uh, we watch Simpsons all the time, so that might be it. Um, but yeah, we wanted to come out with a new wine that was a little lower price point than our Clinker Brick Gold wine. Um, it's sitting at it's going to sit at twenty one ninety five in the LCBO vintages, um, but we wanted to elevate the category because it's eighties in ten Syrah, five Petite Syrah, and five Cabernet Sauvignon. Sorry, can you go through that again? I was too focused on like just the yeah. layers of this. So it's uh, eighty percent Zin, okay. ten Syrah, okay. five Petite Syrah, okay. five Cabernet Sauvignon. Cool. Um, the fa the Ferris Syrah vineyard, which you guys have tasted yep. in the past, is the ten percent Syrah, and then our Cabernet that goes into it is a thirty five year old vineyard. So we really wanted to elevate the category because there's so many Zin blends out there that are really overripe, flabby, not structured. This has a lot of structure. It does. 80 Zin, it, you would think it would just be a fruit bomb. It has beautiful structure to it it's, because of the potential. It's the finish that I'm really But it's, really that's it though. It's, it's, it's got the like the over the top jammy yeah. uh, fruit flavors you expect from entry exactly. level Zin, but there's this these savory layers mm -hmm. that just keep pulling it back. Like yeah. I'm getting black tea. Uh, I've got like it's oh, black literally smells like, cedar, well? but like cedar plank, but not not fresh cedar. It smells like cedar plank, like when you're doing a cedar plank salmon. Like when you get a bit of char on that cedar on there, yep. like it's very very specific to that on the on the finish to that. It's wow, it's, it's really tasty. No, I'm really liking that, yeah. and I'm a big fan of Zin, right? So got that nice plushness from the Zin. You got that pepper. You got the acidity that it's. Is there got. any residual sugar left in this? It's about 0.56 grams per liter so it has a little bit but it's on the dry side you know, 0.56 grams per liter so yeah yeah you know that, that, that's that's no it's that's teetering. no residual sugar yeah, exactly. that's, like, well, that's, that's really nice that's yeah. really nice that's barbecue ready yep so are we doing and certainly when we're talking about 20 dollars wines from california this is a step up from a lot of the other Correct. entry-level wines in the market and uh i think it's it's great when a winery like yours like thinker brick can try to come in and take that segment back because there's exactly. a lot of mass-produced wines pushing up on that price point that carry a lot more residual sugar. So are we going to do uh, some brisket at your place with this? Sure. That'd be a good, uh, that'd be a nice little matchup. So I'm am I that. invited to come back up? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah. All right. You'll, 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 see, you'll see how, how a, a Canadian boy does uh, <laughs> Texas-style right. barbecue. Barbecue yeah. with some brisket. Yeah. Hey, here's, here's another tag for you. I've got my Aaron Franklin book that I refer to as the Bible when I pull yeah. the smoker out. Yeah, you were the one told me to buy that book myself. Hey? Yeah, Aaron Franklin's Guide to Smoking. If you, if you smoke... I I do. I do. Need this book. He's talking okay. meat, by the way, folks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, I was gonna say. Wait. Now here, <laughs> just like, just like when I tweeted, just when I tweeted about my my experiment of red wine and Coke, everyone thought I was talking about nose candy and yeah. I was talking about Coca Cola, which is just sad to think that he'd be doing that in the first place. So, <laughs> it was not the worst thing on the planet. 
was not the worst thing on the planet. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thank you. I it's did called too. a cocktail. You know, <laughs> shiver down my backbone. That's exactly what I had. I'm telling you. Certain things that are meant to go to My legs started to shake. Things that aren't. Yeah. I went into convulsions. Yeah, turned myself into a ball on the floor. I was like, that is not what Guys, I want to Guys, I'm not drinking it every night. I think you are now. Like That's your... Think, I'm sure later on this summer there'll be an Instagram post about Coca-Cola and red I wine. I think you yeah. protest too much on this one. That's what I'm going I just, with. I find it difficult that the wine people are so shut off to... to Putting Coca-Cola like, like, in wine? Yeah. No, making yeah. a cocktail yeah, as, with as wine. As far as looking at with that. Making a cocktail got, with wine. She's got the I oh my god face. in Tennessee. It had some bourbon in it, but meh. See, that's okay, bourbon. Okay, wait, wait. So you're more on my side? That wasn't that bad? It wasn't that bad. Bourbon there we go. and red right wine or a, a bourbon and Coca-Cola? No, it was bourbon and red wine with a spritz. Yeah, was, yeah I would do that. Okay. It wasn't great, but yeah, it was tolerable. It was fine. All very strange. I'm not doing it. I don't care what you do. I'm not doing it. All right, Ouch. all right. Enough about this. All right. So next one. So this is the clinker brick old vines in. So picked at 49, 56 bricks, which is what (laughs) the number of bricks on the bottle. Yeah, 27 bricks is what we pick it at. Um, It has that fruit, has that (laughs) little bit of uh, black pepper on it, but it's still structured. It doesn't have the the heat. This is what, pushing 15 and a half? 15.4, you're right. 15 and a half alcohol, but it doesn't doesn't burn, it doesn't warm the back of my mouth. It's it's very nicely balanced. Really plummy, really juicy, really, you know. It's it's sort of like if the... um, Don't let her speak, please. Sorry, if the... We're going to keep cutting her off (laughs) until she's like, I'm out. (laughs) I just gotta say though, if the Brick Mason is watching a film in like high definition, this is like watching a film in IMAX. If we're comparing the two Zins beside each other. Yeah. Mm. All right. There. Yeah. I'm done. Ta- no. I'm done talking now. <laughs> no, but I do love our old vines in because um, we have 50 year old vineyards up to 122 yep. year old vineyards in it. Um, it's beautiful because you get that brightness from the younger vineyards and then that really big concentration from the older vineyards. The average is 86-year-old vineyards. So it's beautiful, um, it, and it has that structure and that balance that a lot of old vines in from what I don't have. Yeah, juicy, and, plummy, but it's, a little bit of vanilla in there. all really well integrated mm-hmm. where yep. in, in the Brick Mason, it's maybe a little bit more obtuse. Like, it's cool yeah. that it has the layers, but it's sort of like, if you focus on it, you can really get it. This one is sort of like, I'm trying to pull the T-note out of it, but it morphs right into like raspberry this is, jam. Right this into is focused Zinfandel. Into Cassis. Yeah, this yeah. is a little more hard. How much does this cost? So this one is at the LCBO at uh, $23.95 no. in vintages. Really? Still in vintages? And it'll be in, back coming in. Back? It's coming back. The new vintage will be back in January. So this is the 15, so the 16, 16. is coming or the 15? And, and fair, what is, it, is coming. what is this cost at your winery? Cost at our winery? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What do I have to say? <laughs> it's different. Well, it's a little lower price point than the up here, but it's around twenty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's that's about we're, right. Getting, we're getting a good deal up here. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah, on the Korean exchange. That's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can say it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, uh, we're not well, trying to put you on the spot. Right? I mean, yeah. It's just like I'm a pretty big advocate for wine yeah. tourism in California. Is one of my favorite yeah. places to visit. I was actually talking about driving down there again this week. Driving around. Driving just this all week. the way down to California. Yeah. That's a long drive. We made it there in, in three days. Andre, Andre's three got days. a lot. All Andre's right. got a lot of time in his hands. Well, you know a you can fly in about eight hours. Yeah, but can you do it for nine hundred bucks? Yeah. But you got to fly out of Buffalo. I had three hundred and seventy-five dollars round trip from Sacramento. 
Ta-da! But that's coming from the states. There coming from Toronto, so you're probably taxed. But look, a lot if you fly out of Buffalo or something like that. Okay, but you know what? If you fly, you don't get to stop in Amarillo, Texas, and try to eat a 72 ounce steak. There you go. It's a barbecue. <laughs> did you do it? Uh, I did not. That's, <laughs> that's why I want to drive again. Is is it's my white whale to try to eat a 72 ounce steak. It's trying to put it in your trunk or what? <laughs> Bring it home. You know, it's not that big. It's only four and a half pounds of meat. That's yeah. a lot that's a for lot. one sitting. Like, how many hours do you have to eat it? In an hour. Yeah, that's that's like a meat coma. Well, you, you can't drive after that. So you have we'll to take some clicker brick gold fine with you. Yeah. To go pair well with that meat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That sounds like a good idea. Look at that. Now she's, she's going to provide you with the wine to go with that meat. Look at that. No, this, this, this old vine zin is, is really, uh, really fantastic. I mean, that's it. I, I, I've got nothing else to say. Like I said, the, the IMAX comparison next to the Brick Mason, both these wines are outstanding. Yeah. But for 23 bucks, this might be the best Infandel at the LCBO. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think oh, uh, you, I, just, I really like that, that, as I said, that Zin, focused Zin characteristic. Oh, and I haven't said anything sweet. about the labels yet. I, I, I commented on the Stonecutter's label, <laughs> but the bottles of the Clinker Brick are, the packaging's really great. Yeah, it's different eye catching. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. If you see red all over the label, you know, and clinker bricks or bricks everywhere, you got the clinker brick. Yep. Old vines in. Delicious. I'm happy with it. I love that girl. Yeah, me too. Um, that that interview was a lot of fun. Um, I really hope that we do get a chance to sit down with her in later later this year. Maybe do a little bit more in depth, just about clinker brick and what's going on. Do something the chump and do a full like uh, in depth in-depth panel of the winery we, we do get kind of uh i i more than you but i get very excited about our wines and we we stomped all over so fair i'm really sorry about that but uh you know their wines were really really good and we really really enjoyed them so that's you know when you get a really good wine in the glass sometimes my wife would argue but um it's hard to stop talking about a really good wine yeah no i'd agree with that so, my wife gets annoyed with me yeah i'm like what do you get and she's like shut up and let me drink it i'm like ah you don't get it. <laughs> uh, so our next interview uh, was with Foley. I do? Huh? Foley? Yeah. Why do I forget this one? It hasn't been that long. My memory sucks. All right. Let's 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 roll the tape and see if it refreshes we you. Have Marie Durr, is that? Yes. Okay. Marie mm-hmm. Durr, who is the... Uh, Export manager. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can't read anything. These yeah, for Foley Family Wines. International mm-hmm. sales manager. Sales International. Manager. Okay, it isn't a very bright yellow. No, that's I know. A, did you tell them I don't want to really have a title? And they said we have to give you a title. So we're going to really put it. <laughs> we're going to make yellow. it so yellow on a white background that you can't really see it. It's I also like, sh- like, Michael, that you went to this table because they had a Chardonnay at the table. They did, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I know you love Chardonnay, Andre, and it was on their table, table, table. So I brought it to your table, table, table. Because it's Perfect. got Chardonnay on the label, label, label. So yeah, Andre so. likes Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. California Chardonnay is a, my weakness. Yeah. 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 I now what they do, and there's so many different styles and kinds that. Uh, but the we style, have. the style in general, seems to be moving towards something with more acid, mm-hmm. a little bit uh, more mm-hmm. fresh, and this is. Yeah, and I this think is definitely a, a really great example oh, of the nice right direction that. Uh, Peach pineapple. Going. This yeah. is. Um, so Rick, and Rick, this is the Rickshaw Chardonnay. So tell us about the Rickshaw Banshee. Tell us what about them. So. These wines were started basically in 2009, and it really started at first with Banshee, then Rickshaw came a little bit later on, but uh, Banshee was started like some, you know, so many wines that you hear about now in California, but basically started by three Psalms in San Francisco. Young guys, young kids that, uh, 
you know, worked all night long, got off at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was just their dream to have their own winery someday. Got it. And, uh, and basically, they went out and did it. And they... Uh, and they started with the Banshee line. Banshee line. Well, you know, they, they really created this... Uh, this whole line of wine. They wanted to really create Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but they also have Cabernet. Um, they make, in California, uh, they in have California. to make Cabernet, right? You've yeah. got to do that. And they went out and talked to a lot of different growers in Sonoma County. This Pinot that we're going to try is about a combination of about 15 different sites in Sonoma County. Sorry, I just so. I, I, I read ahead because you have the price sheet in front of us. Yeah. So this Chardonnay is beautiful galettes. Three to three dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's got nice complexity. Uh, yeah, the rickshaw. This one no, is twenty-four. No, it's twenty-three dollars. Yeah, twenty-three ninety-five. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, you said thirty-three. It is twenty-three. Yeah, and then the Banshee Chardonnay. Oh, the Banshee Chardonnay is, is 33. thirty-three. Oh, twenty-three. That's exactly. even better than I thought. That's really yeah, a it's, nice. It's, it's uh, the little point. the little number. I think you need to get your glasses. Look, Charles Baker was the one who said. Marie's got to come here, and he said, these are the prices you have to know of the wines you're bringing in. Mm-hmm. That's what he said to her, and he wrote them down. So I blame Charles Baker. Now we have to get him on the podcast to explain himself. <laughs> we'll do it another day. Here we go. And if anybody knows who Charles Baker is, Charles Baker makes Riesling here in Ontario. Yeah. And yeah, works for Stratus. There's and no Riesling. He should have got those prices wrong. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> well, oh, those were for the... Uh, you so bad at this. The rickshaw. <laughs> so, um, no Riesling at all. Yeah, so, no, no, for $24, I'd drink the crap out of this. Yeah. yeah. Really, really love good. the pineapple, love the peach. I yeah. really like that. And spread. you can see this rickshaw label. is. Yeah. Um, it has basically mollusks on the front, you know, the clams, seafood, seashells. The idea yeah, is that like this scallops. is... Yeah, scallop. The idea is that it would go well with seafood. So, and actually, our other, the other varieties of this uh, same line of wines, we have an elk, deer, venison on one. We have wildflowers on the Sauvignon Blanc. So, the idea oh, cool. is they sort of speak true to the varietal character and what they will be, be so, paired So, where did the name Rickshaw come from? Hmm. Why did that become a, a You know, a, a Rickshaw is a, uh, these three psalms were from San Francisco. Okay. So, it kind of comes from the uh, Asian community okay. that they... Uh, that you kind of we embraced in San Francisco, and uh, you know we have rickshaws going through even the the streets of San Francisco. So that is sort of where that uh, they like the name, and uh, and that's what they uh, they just took it off from off from. So now we're we're dealing with this banshee peanut yeah, right now. When banshee. I was at the table, well, mm-hmm. the color is really really pale on it. That's mm-hmm. uh, really unusual for Pinot from California. Well, when I was at the table, I said to Marie, "All right, what's Ooh. the three best wines at this table?" And immediately went to the Pinot. Mm-hmm. Very floral. She, like she immediately yeah. went this this thing, and I'm like, "What's next?" And she was like, "Wow, they're all good." As everybody does, you know what you're, you're talking oh, about. Wow. wine. Yeah, I, uh, but you went right to this Pinot, and then you know it was like your favorite child suddenly. Wow! Do you have it children? Is. This I do. Is fantastic. And do you have a favorite do. child? You, you don't know. have to say who it is. You can just say if you do or well, not. Well, I have Let them just guess. one, but yes, that kind of ends up being oh, favorite. Okay, so that that, would that be kind of worked out. Favorite child, got worked it. Out. Exactly. Right. But you know, Pinot Noir from Sonoma yep. is very fruit forward. Mm-hmm. You know, we're yep. known for these cherry, raspberry flavors, strawberry characteristics in the wine. But I like what I like about this Pinot too. It does still have that hint of spice on the end. You know, you've got a little bit of that that cedar, maybe that extra currant. Um, you know, violet. the clove. Like it's like dried violet, violet too. Yeah, you really have a little. It, there is really a lot more going on in your mouth with this wine. And, um, and then, of course, we aged this in French oak. So, you know, we aged that for about 12 months, and I think you really get some nice, uh, 
nice character, but with only about 30% um, new barrels. Okay, so, so we're it's 36.95. So these, uh, yes, 37. See, yeah. this, this number is correct at the mm -hmm. bottom that Charles wrote down. Are you sure? He is correct. 36.95 okay. becomes 37 if you add five cents. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is how math works, yeah. Michael. Thank you. In case you were wondering how that all goes down, that's how it went down. <laughs> so, so, so obviously these Psalms really like love Pinot and that's mm -hmm. and they and they put their heart and yeah. soul. So are they all still involved with the the winery still? They are. Yes, they're still our ambassadors. They came on they decided to uh the wines were were continuing to be great and become so much more popular that they felt we uh they needed to move along and they actually sold a part of their their business to our company, Foley Family Wines. Got it. So they are still involved. They're still traveling. They're still involved in the winemaking side, but they have decided that, uh, you know, they need uh, some help with growing distribution and, uh, and also on the winemaking side as well. So they have our facilities to use. For their uh, for their production before they were renting space, so now it's easier to use our estate facilities. So I'll, I'll um, tell tell us a little bit about Foley. Yeah. What else is, falls under your umbrella well, under Foley? Foley Family Wines um, established about twenty five years ago in uh, Santa Barbara. Many wines that we have actually here in Ontario are uh, from Foley families. We have Firestone. We have Sebastiani. Okay. We have Chalk Hill. Okay. We also have um, another winery called uh, Eos. We have Lincourt and then a few in, in Napa Valley. Roth is in Sonoma, Foley Johnson, and okay. uh, also Chalone, the famous Chalone Vineyard. One part of the Judgment of Paris is in our, yep. facil in our, in our family. So really the idea we just focus on... Uh, growing luxury wines in California, but really have a true sense of place. And uh, that's what we're trying to really achieve in our, uh, and all of these are, have, are great places to visit, have tasting rooms, real wineries, real winemakers. Just just to have a little fun here. So I see mm -hmm. Shalone, I see Sebastiani, mm -hmm. uh, Butterfield, Butterfield Station, Station. Uh, Banshee, Chalk Hill, Roth, Rickshaw, Lost Angel, and Firestone. Correct. I'm sure you're not allowed to tell us. Mm -hmm. But if you had to pick one wine from one of these wineries to have, oh, it, it is. Uh, you know, I feel like they're oh, all of my, my children, favorite yeah, children. Yeah, yes, I mean, I, I knew that was the answer. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to see it again. I always love that answer. They're all like okay, children. So in our glass with the Banshee yeah. Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles. Mm -hmm. Tell yes. us about it. Paso. <laughs> Paso Robles. You know, actually, the nice thing about Banshee is we make two Cabernets. One is from Napa. One is from Paso that we have here. Okay. Paso, um, you know, has been, I think, what we consider to be the up-and-coming. It's been around certainly for a long time, but I think it's on on the rise. Of course, Paso Robles is really in central, the central part of California. Much, very warm climate, a lot of rolling hills. You know, you don't have much fog in that area, but you have some really great soils, but you do have some cool nights because you do have some influence from, uh, from the ocean um, over the hills, but it is a nice warm climate. So Paso Robles has been, become known for Syrahs, Cabernets, and, uh, and the nice thing is really, I, I think, still a yet undiscovered region for many, but more and more wineries are growing in prominence there in that area. So we have some great vineyards down there that we've been able to, uh, you know, acquire and uh, buy, get fruit from. Perfect. 
Thank you, Maria. It was great having you on. Yeah, At the last you minute, thank you. With us. Yes, thank you, and thank you so much. And we thank all the uh, the great customers here in Ontario and uh, and all the agents and all of our consumers. We're so excited to be in this market. We consider Canada so important to our uh, our business here. So. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, my memory is <laughs> terrible. It's it's amazing. My my wife is always like, how come you can't remember people's names, but you like remember vintages of wines and how that that wine tasted and blah, blah, blah. I go, I don't know. Because <laughs> wine's interesting. People are interesting, too. But I always... No, I'm, I'm terrible with names. I, I, I know, especially people in Niagara who have introduced themselves to me that... They've introduced them. I've had to introduce myself to them several times just because I forget their names. Well, so I apologize, and it's just I try really hard. I, I just I'm not good with names. My my wife is the the uh, person with names. She's the rememberer of names, and um, she's one. She's very excited when I can remember somebody, and I say, "Oh, you know that's so and so." What's even better is when she goes, "Do you remember that person?" And I go, "No, I don't." She goes, <laughs> "That's so and so," and I'm like, "Oh, thanks, dear." So our last interview we lined up was uh, with Satoshi Tanaka of uh, Deerberg Winery. This was a last-minute interview, and yeah. I really want to thank him for for coming in. The um, the we had somebody else lined up, but they just never showed. You know what? Satoshi was a great sport because uh, I know I've spent quite a bit of time on this podcast being fairly critical of California and Pinot Noir, and I, I, I do realize not all California Pinot Noir is created equally. But let's face it, that state really has an established style, and it's bigger, richer, rounder, less acid than what you and I are really more used fruit. to and what we really love. Hmm. I wouldn't even necessarily say more fruit, because you get a lot of fruit from a, a great, cool vintage, cool climate, Niagara Pinot, but the acid is really what drives those wines. Well, when I'm talking about uh, California, usually you go California versus Burgundy, right? Yeah. So Burgundy is you know, more earthy. For lack of a better, I, I like to generalize. We're generalizing. This one. That's cool. Uh, where California is more fruity. Yeah, that's kind of where you meet. But uh, the wines across the board from Deerberg were great. It yeah. was nice to sit down. Was very happy and, and real great that he he uh, stepped in and and was it was really funny because he sat down and he's like, well, "What happens here?" I go, "Just talk." <laughs> Just, we're not gonna we're not gonna hammer you in any way, shape, or form. Just talk. We're joined by Satoshi Tanaka of Deerberg Estate Vineyard. Is that how it's pronounced? Deerberg, yes, it Deerberg? is. Yep. Oh, did you ask him? No, it's just it's. Look it's, at you. Your pronunciation phonetic. is Michael, so much better. Michael, it's phonetic. No, you look at it. Doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Sometimes okay. it can. Where, where is the winery located? I see you've already got the map out in front of us here. So the winery is located here in the uh, Santa Ynez area, just okay. a little east of that. So it's in Santa Barbara County, so which would be considered uh, Central Coast, almost down towards the Southern California area. Got it. And how long have the, has the winery been around? Uh, so Jim and Mary uh, started the winery in 1996. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, before that, it took them about 10 years to find this location. They were really into uh, finding a right place to do a Bordeaux program. Okay. Um, and they came across this piece of land that used to be an old uh, horse ranch. Okay. Oh. And they said, hmm, maybe there's a place we can do this uh, fun thing. So we a are. Fun thing. Let's fun? Do that fun thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, their day job is actually running a bank. So uh, for them, okay. this is a lot of fun. <laughs> so the reason uh, it's called Deerberg and Starlane is uh, Deerberg is actually their last name. Okay. And the Bur- Burgundy varietals are named after the Deerberg family. 
the Star Lane, the reason behind that is actually that is the name of this vineyard okay. uh, that grows the Bordeaux varieties. Oh. Very interesting story. So as you know, Santa Barbara is the uh, only area in California where the canyons run east to west rather than north to I south. I actually did not know that. I didn't know that. Either, <laughs> so you just told us something very interesting. But uh, you, made, you also made a cross, so that's yeah. east to west. North to west. <laughs> exactly. And the reason you can grow Pinot Noir and Chardonnay in such a southern part of California is because of this particular geography. Okay. Typically, so they're planted on the south slopes and don't get quite as much access to heat? Or? Uh, not quite that way. The... North, typically, say you take a place like Sonoma or Napa, okay. the mountain range runs north to south. Yes. We have very cold currents running along the uh, coast of the Pacific Ocean here. Yes. And so the mountain ranges block that cold air from coming in. Whereas here, because the mountain ranges are running east to west, you get cold air rushing all the way inland. Oh, neat. Okay. And that's why, even though it's so far south, you can grow the cool climate cool varieties. Climate. Which is why you said Bordeaux varietals, and suddenly I'm, I'm tasting a Chardonnay. But well, my, this Chardonnay is very, um, I say this complimentary, uncalifornian. It is. Uh, our winemaker, Tyler Thomas, actually got his start working for Hyde de Villain, uh, very much a Burgundian house okay. uh, with the Burgundy philosophy. Tyler's background is also in viticulture and also in plant physiology. Okay. And so he's looking at this in a very different way. He's thinking about physical maturity of the grapes, not in a typical winemakers fashion you know in california nowadays people make it super ripe super rich big alcohol he said you know what that's not what these plants want to do i'm paying attention what these vines are telling me and i'm going to pick them when it's right for them so one of the interesting thing about this chardonnay here which is the deerberg chardonnay the alcohol on this is only 13.2 that's nice yeah and it's um it's not rich. It's not that no, big. No, it's round. very refined. It's got a lot of uh, mineral on the note, mm-hmm. on the nose, and on the finish. Um, and uh, has this spent any time in oak? Oh, uh, yes, it has. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the interesting things about this program is that we use a 400 liter barrel. Okay. okay. Not a typical barrique. No. Nope. So you get a lot less oak influence. Yeah. But this one actually uses um, new oak, and the Chardonnay is 15 months. Uh, in oak, 20% new. I love a guy who brings a chart with all the information I, know, that I actually This is, this is quite an impressive chart wow. that you've got going on here. Uh, you know, I, I would guess that there is no new oak on this. There's just a lot of fruit onto it. it yeah. Very fruity. I get a, uh, I more get apple, little, golden, delicious apple. But I get a little of that vanilla, so I would have said that there's a little mm-hmm. bit of oak, but I wouldn't have said 15 Very small yeah. hint of it, yeah. No. It's really, really well balanced. And one of the other things about this focus and the acidity uh, is such a unique and refreshing way than what many of the California wineries tend to do. Yeah. And so he's, he, although he's not trying to copy or imitate Burgundy, he's paying respect to the way, the way, the way they've achieved the, their success. And he said, you know what, we can do this in our region as well. So yeah, how big, really how big is, this, is this vineyard, the Deerberg Vineyard? Uh, Deerberg Vineyard is a fairly big. Um, it is about, uh, in total, about uh, 800 acres, I believe. Oh, uh, but the planted portion is a lot smaller. The Bordeaux variety, the Starling, is about 200 acres, and the Deerberg... Speaking of Starling, so where should we start with the these three wines in front of us? On the Cabernet? Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so on the Deerberg side, it's also about 200 acres planted. So they have a fairly big uh, uh, holdings, uh, but uh, in general, the estate program is much smaller. So, okay... Now, you had a question about the Cabernet here in front of us. Yeah, so we have, which, which yeah, we have yeah. Is it, start with yeah. three Cabernet I see before yeah, us? Yes, we have three different Cabernets. So one is called the Three Saints, which is actually our second label. 
And the three saints is named for the different saints so that's, in that's the region. Yep. Right. Okay. Santa Maria, Santa Inez, and Santa Rita. Oh, okay. Yeah, so all the... I've actually heard of all of them. Yes. Did, did we not get you a glass? My God, man. Why did you not get the man a glass? Because He's, apparently they're, like, you said, being protected like Fort Knox? Yeah, they are. Sorry. Would you like a glass? No? All right. So... I'm sure he's tasted these wines before. Yes, and we've been tasting and presenting all, all, all afternoon day, today. So, exactly, yeah. yes. Okay. So the Three Saints uh, is made, uh, these are actually all estate program. Okay. Uh, but the Three Saints uh, uses the grapes that are much younger vines. Okay. And much lighter in style. So as a, as a consequence, we, we do use oak aging, but we only do uh, neutral oak. Okay, so, so not a lot of new. Not, not a lot of new, okay. Not at all. So it actually has a very lovely, uh, fresh fruit mm -hmm. kind of note to it. Yes. Um, so this would be your entry level, I'm assuming, Yes, mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Yep. And, uh, and it, it's all, again, is it all from the uh, Deerberg Vineyard? Uh, this is from the, the Star Lane side of the Got vineyard. It. Yep. Got yeah, it. Yeah, from the so how do, you, how do you break them down, Deerberg versus Happy Happy Canyon. Sorry, Happy Canyon. <laughs> I'm noticing that. I just I just looked at the label. And I'm like Happy Canyon. Yeah. So how do you break it down between Star Lane and Deerberg? So Deerberg is only Burgundy varieties. Okay. So that's, and and, and uh, Star Lane is all Bordeaux varieties. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the Happy Canyon. Now that you brought it up, is actually in sub AVA within Santa Barbara County, and the uh, the Deerberg family owns about seventy percent of that prop particular AVA. It was a fairly, it's a fairly new uh, I was going to say, how old is that one? Because I've, I've never heard of Happy Canyon. It's probably about 10 to 15 years at most. Andre, have you heard of Happy Canyon? I've not heard of Happy Canyon. Got it. Yeah, okay. not too many wines uh, coming out of the area. And how did you get it? So if you own 70% of it, how did you get that AB8? Uh, it is, uh, as I said, it's the only area where we have a micro valley. The canyons run north to south. Got it. And so even within Santa Barbara, it's warm enough to actually ripen Bordeaux varieties. Okay. Interesting. All right. So Deerberg is mm -hmm. supposed to be the. I'm going to go with this again. That's the that's the Bordeaux varieties. Burgundy. Correct. Oh, the Burgundy varieties. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Deerberg Burgundy. Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. Got it. Yep. And okay. Star Lane, now, Star Lane is, is the Cabernet oh, Merlot. Yep. Now I'm with you. All right. Well, I really three, needed your help on that one. All three of the wines are, are Cabernet Sauvignon that we're tasting today. Correct. So yeah, on the three Saints, Star Lane and Star Lane Astral are all from the Star Lane Vineyard, and sure. these are all Cabernet Sauvignon. So mm. the first one we tasted is the Three Saints, yep. which is poured by the glass in restaurants around here as well. It's yeah. available through consignment. I thought I'd say recognize How much does that this label? cost a, a bottle in consignment? That is... Oh, it's not on the chart. Oh, it's not on the chart. It's not on the chart. Yeah. Oh, I'm I have to go to the, the cheat sheet here. Uh, the Three Saints Cabernet uh, retail is $32.95. Okay. Got oh, it. that's not bad. No. No, it's very, very lovely, very easy drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And for restaurant purposes, I think it's, it's a good value for money. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, that's very friendly. Great, thank really you. I like that one. Thank you. Right. So the next one should be the, Cap, uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon, I'm the assuming? The Starlane Cabernet. Got it. It also says Happy Canyon on it. Which is which the Which they own 70% of that. Yep. But I'd There's never heard no other vineyards in Happy Canyon? It's just... There are a few other ones. Okay. Yep. So can you, not to give a plug to your competition, but who else owns, owns vineyards in Happy Canyon? You know, I am not super familiar with oh, some of our neighbors. Chart. It's not on my cheat not sheet. Not on the chart. <laughs> he has no idea. So... But I know Andy Erickson comes down there to uh, make some uh, wine from the vineyards nearby as well. Okay, so, Andy's uh, from where? Uh, he was the uh, Screaming Eagle winemaker, as you oh, know, the 100-point oh. uh, winemaker. Okay, and so we obviously aren't into, into our Screaming Eagle. We no. Don't get, we don't get to try that one very often, <laughs> Wait, I have th to This be isn't priced like Screaming Eagle, yeah, though, is no. it? No, this one is the Starling Cabernet, which is um, $79.95 a bottle. 
Oh, I think that's too rich for Michael's blood. Mm -hmm. I'm not spending $120 on a on a bottle of wine anytime soon. This I know you really are. Good. Yeah. Cool. I think this is worth 80 bucks, easy. It's got really nice concentration, good casis, nice structure. Like the this finish. is still like really, really young. Oh, that's a 2016. 2016. It's so. very, very young wine. Yeah, I'm thinking like 2026 before I think about opening it, if, if you like your wines young. Yes. The 2014 vintage of this wine had 95 point uh, plus from Venice by Antonio Galloni. So these, this is very serious wine, but for the price, I okay, think... Okay, okay, but we're not Galloni. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are we going to score this wine? That's, that's all that matters right now. That's a good four, that's a good four star. I think it's, it's a, a happy four, four plus. Star. Yeah. Well, i got to give some room because I see there's another bottle on the table. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just... Uh, I see there's there's something else, and that looks like a blend. Well, actually, no, it's, it's, it's not. Silver, no, it's just got a fancy name. Correct, but it could have other stuff in it. Or you guys are only doing 100% cab in your cabinet. Actually, the Starling Cabernet, the one you just tasted, is a. Uh, it has five different Bordeaux varieties. Yeah, okay. it is about it. Yeah, it's the so it's, it's, it's at least 80% cab Sauvignon though. Those are the those are the rules, 75. right? 75. In, the rule, 75 in California. Yeah, 75. The rule is 75, but this one has has 80% Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. 9% Petit Verdot. Got it. 6% 6 Merlot, 3% Malbec, and 2% Cabernet Franc. Okay. So the next one that we've got here is mm -hmm. the, uh, did I read it? Astral? Astral, Astral yes. Mm -hmm. Astral. 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 Okay. For the Star Lane. Got right. it. This is a vineyard block selection. Okay. There's a certain section within our vineyard that actually has its own rooted Cabernet. It's a George Zillator clone. Okay. And... We planted it more just uh, for fun to see how it would take, and it just thrived. And the winemaker said, you know what? We need to start bottling this separately. And so this is a very limited production reserve Cabernet that we make. And this is a 2013 vintage. So it has a little bit of bottle age to it. I'm, I'm a little impressed that this is not as obnoxious as a lot of the icon wines from California. Like, it's a, it's a heavy bottle, but it's not a doorstop. And, when, and the price is for that one? The price on that one is $170. Okay. Now, that's, that's, that's some serious cap. And that's 100% cap? That is 99% Cabernet, 1% oh. Merlot. That 1%. That 1% makes all got the difference. <laughs> how do they come up with just the 1%? That's just always If you try it, I'll, I'll guarantee I, you. I get it. I get how they do it, but I'm like, you made 1%. A blend. You made yeah. a blend, I know and I you did. saw what a difference 1% or 2% But I didn't do one. I did five. Okay, yeah, I at least stopped it at five. There's no way I would have gone, ah, you know what, I'm going to throw that 1% in and see what happens. I would have gone to six. I wouldn't have gone 1%. I don't know. Have you ever cooked with cardamom? No. You put a pinch of cardamom in something, it completely tastes, changes the taste of it. Is that like putting Gewurztraminer in a white blend and everything tastes like Gewurztraminer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're allowed to laugh. Okay. He's, uh, he's, he's, being, he's, being, he's, being, he's trying to be very quiet about that, but he's like, oh, my God, I have had one of those Gewurztraminer blends he's talking about. So this is some serious Cabernet, though. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Yeah, no, Satoshi, thank you uh, so much for pouring these wines for us. Uh, it's really exciting to see these three cabs side by side, and it looks like we'll have to uh, pave us to the Happy Canyon sometime. Definitely, yeah. Do let us know when you're coming down there. It's a beautiful place. Um, a lot of horse farms down there. Uh, a lot of thoroughbreds being raised in the nearby area. But uh, it's a nice, quaint countryside. Nice. Yep. Oh, well, right. Thank you so much for stopping by. Well, thank, thank you. you. Well, real pleasure. Well, that's it. Another uh, California wine fair in the books. Uh, I don't think I have a trip to California in the cards for this year. But uh, I really enjoyed the wine fair this year. I thought the wine fair was good. I thought the, the wines were good, the ones I got to taste. Did you taste the uh, Paul Hobbs wines? I didn't get to Paul Hobbs' table. I did not. There were a couple of really good cab stoves there, but uh, there was one under your $100 threshold, the Cross Barn, which is $85.
Oh, yeah. We all know how much I'm going to buy an $85 bottle of wine. It's really good. You're going to keep hammering me on this expensive wine. The, uh, the, the Napa... The Napa cab is $120. Anyways, it's his uh, most affordable cab. It's $120 a bottle. It's well, also very good. What I really liked is the, uh, I think it was the Gloria Ferrer table was serving donuts. Or was, <laughs> or, or was it Or was it the Chandon table? One of those two. One of the sparkling wine tables was giving out donuts because they thought they would go with their wine. Well, I know the Chandon wines. I, I know we don't like to speak ill uh, of wineries often on this, but I just find the Chandon wines disappointing. They... They are falling, like they feel like they're just falling apart on the back. They don't have the acid that they need, where the Gloria Ferrer wines are outstanding, perfectly balanced, great value, yeah. and something I would, I would, I would run over could, my own mother to get a bottle. Could could be the could be the vintage, as you know, most sparkling wines, although even non vintage, they're they're based in a vintage. So you know, bad vintage, you still have to make wine, right? That's why you back. That's why you back blend. Okay, did you get a chance to stop by the Family Wine Merchant Stable and taste the Buena Vista Napa Cab stove that they had? I did. That was a $60 bottle, and I thought that was pretty, Tasty. pretty, pretty I'd special ha- I'd wine. happily drink that. Would you buy it? 60 Special occasion? Don't know. Still got to work it out. I, I have yet to pass, I think, the uh, $40 threshold. You have passed the $100 threshold. I have not passed the 40 I don't think. I don't think I spent four, uh, maybe forty-five. I spent. I haven't spent fifty dollars on a bottle of still wine. I think I've bought a sparkling for fifty, but I, I don't think, think, I think. I'm actually. Think, I think I'm okay leaving champagne and, and sparkling wine out of your out of your dichotomy here, out out of what you've got things arranged. Because let's face it, uh, champagne is a whole separate beast. Um, Eighty dollars for a bottle of a Bollinger isn't isn't too much to ask no it's and it's you know really outstandingly good wine and that special occasion and that is special occasion wine Uh, i know people say that you shouldn't you know put let's say sparkling wine into always special occasion but i think champagne is special occasion that's the thing you know what um if people are looking for great entry-level champagne and sub 50 dollars you need to make sure you check our monthly bottle roundup at toronto life uh because we've had a chance to taste a lot of really great sub $50 a bottle champagne and it's usually on that list so yep. make sure you spend some time at torontolife.com yeah if it's uh, under 50 a, bucks yeah. I think we throw it on there because you know champagne cheap, even cheap champagne well we taste it we taste part. it like a lot of the creme on that's been coming through has been disappointing um, but the the sub $50 champagne has been really really, really outstanding yeah I think champagne's learning that there's other sparkling wine out there and that maybe they got a lower a little socks, bit yep. yep anyways we've got off on a on a, tang- on a tangerine tangent, yep, and, but we should wrap this up you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Um, if you feel free, seek us out on Patreon. We are putting our hat in hand, but consider this a soft launch. We'll be promoting it more in the upcoming weeks. Um, it is not expensive to run this podcast, but it is not cheap. And if you want us to continue making great content, uh, think about subscribing to our Patreon and uh, throwing a few bucks at the in the hat. Really? We'll it to, we'll it to, I think it actually says on the Patreon website, we're putting the money in the swear jar. Yeah, yeah. So your toonies will be joining Michael's toonies every time he says the word. Fuck. You told me to say fuck, you. You know those are all going to be bleeps, right? Oh. No one's going to know what you really said. They're just going to think that that's the mother mousy mouth you kiss your mother with. I said pardon? I'm Andre Pru from underwinerview.ca. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And I'm Michael Pincus of Michael Pincus. Hot Kazoo. I'm Michael Pingus of MichaelPingusWineReview.com, 
and only Andre plays the hot kazoo. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.